Hey, hey, hey. This is Sarah Longacre, birth doula since 2000, owner of Bluma, and lover of a good cocktail and great conversation. I got two stools, a full bar, and loads of great people lined up to pull back the curtain with real-life conversation. So let's dive deep and belly up to the bar. Hey, 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 it's Sarah Longacre, and I am welcoming you to Belly Up, the podcast that joins several of my favorite things. Having a drink at the bar with people I know, people I don't know, and talking about things that matter. And to me, what matters is birth, parenthood, relationships, therapy, sexuality, equality, and a ton of other just awesome things. We're going to talk about all of those while, yeah, while we're bellying up to the bar. Because I don't know about you, but sometimes one little cocktail can help soften everything. But um, here's the deal. I am at an awesome recording studio. I am solo today, which is going to be very rare for Belly Up. Belly Up is going to bring in awesome speakers. Some of them you might know, others you might not. And we're going to talk real conversations. I mean, I'm really saying that. I'm not just making that up. Uh, we're going to have OBs, going to talk about birth. We're going to have therapists and a bunch of other cool stuff. So today I'm just welcoming you into maybe, oh, here, crack a beer with me or not. And um, have fun just listening to a little bit about how I got here, why I want to speak passionately about birth, a little bit about my story. So a long, long time ago, <laughs> most of you weren't even a thought, 1975, I was born in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and I'm 45 years old, and I've got some good stories to tell, and I've got a lot of passion behind my work. My intention of my passion is always to make the world a better place. Sometimes I care. Sometimes I don't really care. It depends what day it is. But generally, what I care deeply about is the way that children and families are born. I care deeply about the way that the birthing person is treated in her birthing time. And I deeply, deeply care about the energy in the room. So I decided to become a birth doula. I went through my training a long, long time ago. I was living in Portland, Oregon. I had this awesome job. I mean, you guys, I have to be honest, like no 23-year-old should have the job that I had. 23, looking good, I worked for the swoosh. The swoosh, you know what that is, the Nike swoosh. I got a job because I banged on Nike's door for way too long. And I got this job being a sample coordinator. What is a sample coordinator, you might ask? I just literally had these clothes. I had to get them on models. I had to hire models. I somehow worked my way up. And let's remember, this is, well, I didn't tell you, it's 2000. That is the boom of dot-com. Boom! Nike had more money than they knew what to do with at the dot-com. And uh, they hired me to help hire models and make all these awesome images go online. It was very chill. It was not stressful. And you're 23, 24, 25, 26, living in Portland, Oregon, which was then a hippie town as opposed to now. It's a hipster town. 
And I was flirting and dating and kind of exercising and partying. And I lived with four great girls. And it was the best time of my life. Oh, and I got a lot of really great clothes. I mean, a lot. I was sample size, even sample shoes. So um, I decided to do this thing called doula training. It's like, what? Doula training? What is that? It's where you get to talk about birth and how we get to support people in birth. I not going to lie. I, I truly, truly, when I was a little girl, I used to take my pajamas, uh, long dress, and put a pillow up my belly. And I would walk around my room and pretend that I was pregnant. I always wanted to be pregnant. I'm surprised I wasn't in high school, but that's a whole other story. I truly um, was obsessed with pregnant people. And I decided to take this training and just see if this was going to go anywhere. Well, here we are, 21 years later. I became a doula in Portland, Oregon. I left my job. I left my 401k. I left my insurance. I left all the goodness. But I moved back to Minneapolis, Minnesota, where I was born and raised. And I started a company called Bluma. Bluma is 100% about this, about supporting families in the birthing time. We have childbirth education. We have yoga. We have wellness. We have great staff and great teachers. I had no idea what it was going to be like to open a yoga studio. It was not what I pictured in my life. I did not know how hard it was going to be. I uh, didn't know that I was going to be having to do a lot of deep inner work about HR and what I want this business to look like. We will definitely have to have an episode about all the mistakes that I made running a business. But all in all, 14 years later, here we are, and Bluma serves thousands of families. And I continue to do so with my team of doulas. I, I, I cannot say this. I can't speak anymore without saying my phone is literally blowing up right now <laughs> with all of the doulas. There's seven of us, and we have so many moms <laughs> birthing their babies. Last night, we had four, and there's more. So the phone's blowing up because you might not know, but doulas are really important. Like, I don't know how people give birth without a doula. I mean, I, I'm not even kidding. Like, I seriously wonder that. When I'm at a hospital and I see a couple and they're walking around the hall with their Pitocin pole and I don't know, I just want to say to them, like, how are you guys doing this? But I know people do it. I know they do it. But I only know it one way. And that's with an extra set of hands loving up this couple and making sure that the environment and the space feels really fantastic. Um, so I decided to come on to Belly Up because I think that there's something to be said about this time in a family's life. And I want to bring on really great experts. Hi, this is Peter from Do Good Diaper Service. And I want to talk about the crappiest part of a new baby, the diapers, those stinky, gross, garbage-filling diapers. In fact, the average child generates over one ton of them. Ick! At Do Good, we offer sustainable solutions so you don't have an average child. We deliver fresh, clean cloth diapers right to your door. No scraping, nothing gross. Simply put the diaper in the bag and we'll do the rest. With a range of cloth diapering options, we have a solution for every Twin Cities family. Learn more about our service or sign up for a Cloth Diaper 101 class at dogooddiapers.com. I am a 45-year-old woman living in 2021 where we just got off of a, well, maybe we're still in it, a huge pandemic where life can seem so full and scary and overwhelming and beautiful. 
I am a daughter. I am a sister. I am a mother. I'm definitely a lover. I am friends too many. I got a couple of best friends. I am the most extroverted extrovert you will ever know. I don't believe in sunscreen. I like happy hour. I am depressed. I medicate uh, with prescription drugs. About a year and a half now, and it saved my life. I am a dancer. I'm a music goer. I like to go to concerts by myself. I, I truly, I don't like to take anyone to concerts. I like to go by myself because it's just freedom, freedom to move up to the front <laughs> and get front row. I believe in freedom of speech. I believe you cannot judge a book by its cover. Everyone has a story until you've walked a day in their shoes. You cannot judge. You cannot judge. You have no idea what is behind. You don't know what their journey is. I am shocked and appalled that legalization of marijuana has not happened in this whole entire country. I believe it is a beautiful, beautiful plant that will help so many. I am an avid recreational marijuana smoker, and I have no problem saying that out loud. I believe in therapy, lots of therapy. I believe in a healthcare system that is actually for the people. I'd love to maybe move to Canada or Europe one day to see what that's like, but it's too expensive, <laughs> hence their healthcare system. I pretend to eat well. Some days I do, some days I don't. Every now and then I will have a latte in the afternoon, and every now and then I take a nap. I like to be in bed by 9, and I like to get up early. I co-sleep with my daughter when she's with me. She's 7. And, yeah, most importantly, my role right now in my family is to be a really great caretaker of my mother. I have a mom who really taught me about birth from day one. It's pretty crazy to think that uh, <laughs> that she had a photo album when I was what, five years old. My brother was born. And there was a photo album. This is the day that you remember you take your film and you bring it to the store and you get it developed and you put it in an actual photo album book. Those were the days. And the quality was great, too. Uh, and my brother's whole entire birth was captured from the moment my mom went into labor all the way through the head crowning. My uncle was with her, her only brother. My grandparents died in the largest plane crash in history two 747s in 1977. And my mother and her only brother were all they had. So she invited him, Uncle Will Bill, to my brother's birth. He was there to watch everything that was in the photos, crowning, lots of bush, lots of bush, lots of hair, uh, lots of scrubs. And of course, my mother laying on her back because that's how they did it in 1980. I learned at that moment that birth was normal. No one ever told me birth was scary. My mom talked very highly about birth. And so as a little girl, that was my blueprint. Now, that's not the blueprint that many were given. My mother is now 75, and you would never, ever, ever know it. She's only had a tiny bit of work done, 
But people can't even believe she's 70. She is hot to trot. And she's my best friend. She is my best friend, and she's also um, dying of Alzheimer's. My mother was diagnosed with Alzheimer's two years ago, (laughs) and you would never know she had it. She's hysterical. She can't dress herself. She can't pour her own water. She can't call anyone, but she could walk in the room and light it up. I will definitely have her as a guest because her passion around <laughs> life is is big. It's really big. My sister is also one of my best friends. We are very different. Oh my gosh, you guys, guess what? What do you want to know what my sister does for a living? She's a death doula. Do you know what a death doula is? I am a birth doula and she is a death doula. And as my therapist said to me once, she's like, oh God, that's so perfect. It really is. It really is. We have very different energy. Very different bodies. Same style. I bought a dress the other day that she already had purchased. Um, But a death doula is exactly what I do for birth. I support and talk and hold space for people while they are birthing. And a death doula is the same thing. They talk to people before um, they move on. They ask their family, what do you need? What would be helpful? She can be present at the time of death or she just plans a lot and she works a lot on legacy work. So that's pretty cool, huh? Um, Death doula and birth doula. Um, other people in my life, my daughter, she's seven. Her name is Meta, M-E-T-T-A. Meta is uh, very opposite of me, and I always thought I'd have a child that was just like me. And then you come to learn, <laughs> your children are your teachers. I always heard that, and I was like, oh, that's so sweet. Oh, my God, that's so cute. Your ch-. No, they really are. Uh, so she's she rocks. She's pretty cool. She goes half and half with um, my husband, my husband. Yes, I already bought the URL, so don't try to buy it. Wasband.com. He was my husband. And do you want to know the reason why I say that? Because he's not my ex-husband. Ex is like negative. And he's pretty awesome. I mean, we started dating when he was 18 and I was 17. We met on spring break in Cancun, if you could see the picture. We were tan and fit, and uh, I fell head over heels in love, went through a roller coaster of love and relationships in our 20s, and uh, somehow kind of got back together. Somehow we got married, and now he's my husband. And we raise our daughter, Meta, together 50-50. And we do all right. We got We got a lot of good moments, and we got some struggling communication, but we're doing we're doing the best we can. And he also has two kids, my bonus children. And oh, I'm crazy about them. We'll get into that a little later. And truly, that's all you can do when you're co-parenting is really show up, always put the children first. And we we do that. And then I have another baby girl. She is not physically with us, but she's absolutely with me every day. I gave birth at 21 weeks gestation to my daughter, Sophia Love. Sophia Love is by far the best gift that has ever, 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 ever been given to me. So again, remember, I love my husband. He's awesome to raise my daughter with. Um, And yet we were having a really tough relationship, right? We were struggling a lot. I think I spent, oh God, 12 thousand dollars 12,000 in one year one year in therapy out of pocket uh, I think I did that two or three years in a row I paid for it we did the best we could I got pregnant <laughs> 
the, the moment we both looked at the at the pregnancy stick that said positive, no joke, we both looked at it at the same time. Our therapist's name was Charlemagne. At the same time, we both looked at each other and we go, Charlemagne's going to kill us. <laughs> we did. I mean, it was real. So here we are. We were struggling. We were really struggling. Uh, Bluma was starting to boom and... Um, I was pregnant, and and happily so. I wanted another baby. I couldn't wait. But I knew from the moment I was pregnant, you, I'm, moment, 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 that this child was different. I decided in my brain that we needed to do a, a separate bank account for her because I knew she'd need some special love. I knew that I was supposed to be putting money away. Yep. So remember that in the back. You put that in the back of your mind. And I told my therapist, my midwife, my mom and my husband at the time, I said, something. something's different. And they all heard me. But I think, you know, it's common to think like, there's no way I'm going to have another child and have them come out as healthy as my first. I, I, I can't be that blessed. Well, I, I, I was that blessed because she chose a different path. At um, 20 weeks on the summer solstice of 2016, I found out that Sophia's heart and lungs and kidneys were um, mostly water. And I knew that she did not have a chance at, at, at coming earthside and, and, and surviving. Uh, the OB was absolutely fantastic. He said, you know, the silver lining for you, Sarah, is that you know that, that there's no what ifs and maybes. Like this is her life is not viable outside of you. As opposed to others that are like, ah, she could live seven months, seven days, seven weeks, seven years. I can't even imagine. I can't. I can't. So three days later, I went back to the hospital where I never thought I'd give birth. I gave birth to my first at my dad's farm home birth. So I never expected that I would be in one of the rooms at a local hospital here where I had been a doula for dozens Dozens of families with healthy, strong babies born in the water, born on all fours, born with epidurals. I had seen these families, and I, I couldn't believe I was walking into the same room knowing <laughs> knowing that I'm going to leave this hospital with empty arms. So I birthed her, and I will tell you, hands down, it was probably one of the best days of my life. I've never cried so much. I've never felt more connected to God and spirit I've never felt more grateful for health. And I feel like I learned a ton about life. I feel like I learned a ton about death. That was July, or June, as I mentioned, June. And by August, I uh, started realizing after, again, lots of therapy. I have three therapists, just if you were wondering. By August, I, I really wanted to get close to Sophia. I went to more of my spiritual therapist, and I said, I want to feel closer to her. How do I do that? I said, I don't want to talk about my marriage. No, I don't, I don't, I don't, because she had always worked on that with us. And she said, okay. And what was the first thought that you had, Sarah? What was the first thought that came to your mind when you found out that Sophia was not going to survive? I know exactly. I know what I was wearing. I know exactly what happened. I put my head down, and my very first thought was, this is either going to make or break my marriage. The year went by. We did hard work. And on June 1st, I asked for a separation. 
And now we are co-parenting very, very well some days. And there's a whole other side of this. We are a true modern family. My husband was married before me, hence why I have two stepkids, two bonus kids. And he was married to a woman who I can honestly say is one of my best friends. She is sometimes a guru to me. I have never met someone with more forgiveness. I've never met a woman who is so clear. She's a crazy intuitive person as well. Carrie and I, yeah, she'll be on one day. Don't you worry. She'll be on one day. And we do it together. We blend our family really naturally. (laughs) And yeah, there's times it's uncomfortable, but for the most part, uh, it feels pretty phenomenal to have a village that I can rely on, that I can go to. I am a woman who deeply believes that vaginas are the most incredible things in the whole entire world. I believe that we don't talk about them enough. And I have to, my mantra for my own birth when I was birthing Meta, my mantra was, my vagina is so big. My vagina is so big. And people are like, oh, you don't want a big vagina. You guys, they go back. They go back. People have another baby. They go back. It's okay. It's muscle. It's great. But I don't think we give enough credit. I also just love women's bodies and the fact that we can <laughs> – every time every time I go to a birth, <laughs> I, got, I sit there after the birth. And I, I, I literally – I've been to 610 births, maybe 620 now. I stopped counting. It's 610. And a baby comes out, and I look around the room, and I think to myself, "Does anyone else seen this? Like, there is a human that just came out of another human. How absolutely, unbelievably, wow. Wow. It never gets boring. Birth never gets boring. I moved from Portland, Oregon to Minneapolis, Minnesota to do my birth doula work. And as I mentioned, my mom being a dear friend, we rented a U-Haul, packed up everything, said goodbye to my 20-year-old life in Portland. And as we drove across the country, I read a book. And the book was by Peggy Vincent. She was a midwife in California. And her book is called The Baby Catcher. So here we are. It It was late. It was dark. And I had a headlamp on. And I came to the last page of Peggy's book. And the last page on the last paragraph and the last sentence says something like, we love birth because of the drama. What? I was so insulted. Drama? I was like, what the hell is she talking about? No, I love birth because I believe in it and creation and support and all of it. You know what? It didn't take me more than, gosh, Let's be honest, Sarah. I think a year, year and a half. (laughs) It's like, oh my God, I totally love birth because of the drama. I love the highs and the lows. I love the tenderness. I love the intensity. I love working with families and seeing the dynamics. I love being on call, which is hard because I like to drink. We'll talk about that later, but that's a tough one. I've, I've, yeah, I've, I've been lucky. My births come at a pretty damn good time, but I love being on call knowing that I'm needed. I think there's something about being a doula. I feel needed. I don't know if I felt 
really needed as a child or wanted. I felt wanted. Maybe I didn't feel needed. And so I feel needed and I go to attend these births and there is drama, especially these days if you're birthing, you know, at maybe a conservative hospital where they feel like they have to add more drama. The way that I look at birth is you have this kick-ass body, right? They got pregnant, possibly through IVF, possibly through a donor, possibly naturally, maybe the condom broke. I don't know. You got pregnant. Here you are. You're going to give birth, and it's going to happen. It's going to happen sometime before maybe your 43 weeks or 44 weeks. Gestation is a, is a joke. Due dates are a total joke. But here you are. You're pregnant. I, I truly believe that your body knows what to do. There's not one client of mine that probably hasn't heard me say, Laura Ingalls Wilder. Do you remember it? Little House on the Prairie. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, my God, that scene. I love that. I know every single episode. Little House on the Prairie is my example because Laura, she didn't have the book What to Expect When Expecting. She didn't have a phone with all the damn apps. I got a picture of an app at 5 a.m. this morning. Here's my contractions. You know what I said to that mom? Please delete that app. Thank you. You don't need that. Laura didn't have an app. What did Laura had? She had a bunch of farm animals, a bunch of farm animals that she learned how to give birth. And she had her sister and her mom and her, her whole entire village, her whole entire community that birth was normal. Now I know what you're thinking. Yes, babies did die. Yes, mothers did die. They did. And they and they still do. The United States has the highest, the highest maternal and fetal mortality than any other country in our um, in our same bracket, you know, financial bracket. I don't there's a word for that. I can't remember it. So we're, we're failing at birth. We are failing at birth. So let's get back to I believe that a woman's body, a birthing person's body is phenomenal. I believe that they know what to do. And I believe that they should be absolutely supported. And we have some people that believe that birth is an illness, a sickness, and that something needs to be fixed, that this body is broken and we have to look for every single thing that's going to go wrong. I do. I, I understand things do go wrong. But one of my biggest heartaches in this world and in my work is seeing a perfectly healthy young family wanting to birth their baby and someone wanting to, to, to mix it up or stir it up or get it going faster. So that can add drama. And I think that that maybe doctor, that midwife, that nurse wants to feel needed. We'll get so into this through the podcast, but all right, let's wrap it up. We got birth. We got good conversations. Um, I have a half of my beer left. Gosh, I just am looking forward to hearing from you guys of what you want Bluma, Belly Up, and Sarah Longacre to talk about. So please share this podcast. Send it out. Send me a line. It's not a tweet because I don't tweet, so don't do that. And please don't Facebook me. I'm not a Facebooker. Nope. I, I Maybe for a hot second I was in my 30s. <laughs> but in all seriousness, I would really love to hear from you. So with questions, comments, feedback, well... Maybe not all feedback, but yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Sarah, S-A-R-A-H. There's an H at the end. Sarah at Bluma.com. Sarah at Bluma.com. That's B-L-O-O-M-A.com. Hey, here's the deal. I want you to put your feet on the ground. If you're driving, just feel your sits bones. I want you to take a deep breath in and out. I want you to close your eyes and just for a moment... 
Can you feel you? Feel the deliciousness, the fear, the ache, the accomplishments, the joy. Feel you and who you are. You were born and you are needed and you are wanted. You are seen and you are heard. So don't forget every single day, just take that breath and remember that you were born. I love you guys. Have an awesome rest of your day. And uh, until next time, have a good day bellying up to your favorite place. Lots of love. Belly Up is a Bluma production. It's produced by the one and only Michaela Finnegan at Minnehaha Recording Company. I can't wait to see you in two weeks when we talk about adoption and a lot of other cool things with a soul sister of mine. Until then, be well. Hi, this is Mary from Bluma. Thank you so much for being part of the Bluma community. We're so happy you're here. We love hearing from our families, and as a small business, one of the most powerful things you can do is share your stories with us. I love when you take us on Instagram, leave a Google review, or email me your birth story or photos from class. This is a great way that we can share the Bluma love and reach new folks who could use a little Bluma in their lives. Find us at Bluma.com.